Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. Um, big night for the NBA tonight. Uh, do the Suns close it out and go to their first NBA Finals since the Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, I think Danny Ainge might have even been on those teams. Uh, crazy to think about it. Paul Westfall was the uh, head coach. Um, would love to see Chris Paul and the Suns uh, get to the finals. And um, so I'm going to be rooting for the Suns tonight. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, we're on today from 3 to 5 o'clock. Uh, there is a baseball game. The Las Vegas Aviators continue their series. I think they're in Salt Lake City, or maybe it's Tacoma, but anyway, uh, early start for the Aviators on the road uh, tonight, so uh, we were flexible and did the show an hour early. Um, remember when I was talking about the Raiders coaching hires, when they made the switch to Gus Bradley, uh, the new defensive coordinator, and um, people in the NFL reaching out to me, including, <laughs> ironically enough, uh, one of the uh, uh, coaches that was actually interested uh, in the defensive coordinator's job uh, with, the, with the Raiders. <clears throat> and uh, I got a text uh, almost immediately after Gus Bradley was hired, and the text from the uh, NFL coach was like, he's going to bring along uh, Richard Smith to coach his linebackers and Ron Milas to coach his defensive backs. Um, Raider Nation is going to love those two coaches. Uh, they are as great as it gets, tremendous coaches. I think the word uh, that he used was a couple of coaching studs. Um, and it's not insignificant. We've talked about last year, we've talked uh, a lot about what happened to the defense last year, and there's a myriad of reasons, um, you know, why the defense didn't perform at really, to be perfectly frank, an acceptable level. Had they had they performed at an acceptable level, the Raiders would have made the playoffs last year, and there's no doubt in my mind. Um, but they didn't, and there was a lot of reasons for that, and I and I do believe that coaching matters and I think that without any point in any fingers it just wasn't happening last year on the defensive side of the ball from the coaching um, end of it along with some other factors um, I don't think that that's going to be the case this year and when you start talking about a Ron Miles, when you start talking about a Richard Smith who's going to be the uh, who is the linebackers coach now uh, obviously Rod Marinelli uh, second to none as a defensive line coach was uh, retained by Gus Bradley they have a relationship um, he's going to be just fine at that position now working under Gus Bradley, who I think that there'll be synergy between those two. Um, but Ron Miles, the secondary coach, uh, is as good as it gets at that position in the NFL. The track record is tremendous. Um, you start looking at who he's worked with uh, over the years, and it's kind of a who's who. I think there was a stretch. We talked about this from one year it was like a nine, 10 year stretch where uh, somebody 
one of his cornerbacks, one of his secondary players made uh, the Pro Bowl. Um, so he obviously has a track record of development. He has a track record of getting great things out of players. And I think that when you look at this young Raiders secondary, a guy like Ron Miles is invaluable. Um, and it, and it's, it's something that I've been preaching for a little while now. And I think getting a chance to watch everything unfold uh, in OTAs and, and in minicamp, you just sensed a different vibe with Gus Bradley and Ron Miles, Richard Smith, uh, Rod Marinelli out there. Um, and Eric Allen, uh, former, you know, obviously uh, Pro Bowl cornerback, uh, got a chance to uh, sit down with Ron Miles recently. And we have some of the sound from that. And here's actually Ron Miles talking about a key addition to the Raiders defense, uh, Casey Hayward, who has a track record and a history with Ron Miles. I think they've worked together six years. Um, in a nutshell, what Ryan Miles was talking about was how he's like a coach on the field, Casey Hayward is. And I think the great thing about uh, this partnership and the acquisition of, of, uh, of, of Casey Hayward is that he's not just a coach on the field, even though in that role um, he's going to be terrific. He can still play. This is a guy that is... One has been one of the better top end cornerbacks in the NFL for a long time now, um, and that's something that the Raiders desperately need. They need a veteran at that position uh, who's been there, done that, still does it at a high level, understands the defense, is able to communicate it on the field. Um, as, as Ron Miles spoke about, and you're going to hear, uh, he's a guy where when Miles teaches it, puts it out there, instructs it. Um, you know, even if a player is having a little bit of difficulty retaining it or picking it up, he knows and understands that he could go right to Casey Hayward and say, hey, man, you know, uh, can you explain it a little bit better? Or there's something that I'm not grasping. And Casey Hayward knows it inside and out uh, and is going to be able to be an asset in that regard to his younger teammates. And I think that's going to be invaluable. So many times last year, uh, there were just, you know, obviously too many breakdowns in the secondary. There were... You know, it was it was glaring. It became glaring. Guys just weren't ready. Uh, I think there were a, a few reasons for that. It was an extremely young group uh, in the secondary last year. Um, I think that not having the offseason that they didn't have uh, hurt them uh, a lot. Um, I just think that there was something going on in terms of the messaging that wasn't really getting through to the players. I remember I got some texts from some people that um, were close to some of these uh, secondary members during games, literally during games, are like, you know, guys just, they're not on the same page. They're not quite sure what they're supposed to be doing out there. And, you know, that's that's kind of a coaching issue it's a, it's a double-ended issue but um if if it's not if the players aren't getting it ultimately that comes down to the coaches because uh, if you can't make them understand it or get them to understand it either you need to find somebody else that can or you need to do a better job of explaining it and that's just kind of the bottom line um and I think that having a Ron Miles is, is is certainly going to help uh, in that regard. When we get a chance to uh, to get that technical difficulty uh, taken care of, uh, he'll be able to express that um, himself, uh, Coach Miles. Uh, but it, and it goes, you know, it's 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 all connected because I think the investment that the Raiders have made in the secondary, not just this year, um, and obviously Trayvon Morig, Tyree Gillespie, um, Nate Hobbs, the young cornerback from Illinois, obviously they've invested draft capital. They uh, invested draft capital into that position. 
Casey Hayward, Rasul Douglas, uh, were free agent um, capital uh, that they invested in the secondary. But really, if you go back last year, Damon Arnett was drafted, right? Uh, Amik Robertson was drafted in the fourth round. Damon was a first rounder. Amik uh, was was a fourth rounder. I don't know about anyone else, um, but I think it's way too early to start giving up on guys like that. Uh, it's just too, too early. And Damon Arnett has talent. There's no question about it. Uh, Amik Robertson, if you watch the tape, has talent. It hasn't translated uh, onto the field yet, but you know, he's a fourth round pick. It doesn't, you know, there's probably a reason why he was, he was drafted in the fourth round and making a position switch from a perimeter cornerback to a slot cornerback. That's going to be a, uh, a transition and there's going to be a learning curve. You go back a year before that, three years ago, Trayvon Mullen was drafted in the second round. Jonathan Abram was drafted, uh, in the, in the first round. I know Kishan Nixon was a undrafted free agent uh, a few years ago. So, uh, and, and, uh, Ron Miles talks about this, um, and, the way he sees it, he's kind of walking into a pretty good uh, situation because the Raiders have made investments uh, in that secondary. There's a lot of young players. Has it come together? Obviously not. It would be, you know, uh, less than accurate, less than honest uh, to sit here and say, oh, yeah, everything's fine with the secondary. It's not. It still needs to come together. But that doesn't mean that talent isn't on hand. Uh, the Raiders have made investments on uh, at that position. High draft picks, free agent dollars, um, you know, and and it does. So so because it didn't happen last year doesn't mean it can't happen. I've seen it. We've seen it plenty of times where it kind of comes together and um, sometimes it clicks all at once in a good way. And sometimes a new voice is needed. Sometimes it's a new voice plus, you know, an, an infusion of talent. And I think that and some competition as well. And I think that the Raiders have done a really good job in this last off season of doing just that. There's a new voice at the top. There's Ron Miles, who comes um, with a coaching pedigree in uh, uh, coaching the secondary. That's second to none. Then you add uh, veteran players. You add some young, good young players through the draft to what you already have, you know, and all of a sudden there's competition across the board. All of a sudden, Damon Arnett, who, you know, I'm not going to say he was handed his job last year, but I think that the Raiders felt like, you know, um, rather than keep the veteran Prince Umukamara around, they felt, okay, um, going to let Damon Arnett have the first crack at this starting job. Um, and, let him develop and let him learn. It's not going to always be pretty, and it certainly wasn't always pretty last year. Uh, but there was a long-range view uh, there with the Raiders. And it was, hey, you know, trial by baptism, uh, growing pains, difficulties, uh, mistakes. It's all going to happen um, and just going to have to deal with it and hope that on the other end, Damon Arnett emerges as a better player for it. And we've talked about how that was – there was there was a um, there was a focus on development these last couple of years that and I'm not going to say that it came went above wins and losses I'm not saying that uh, at all but there was an understanding that there could be some difficulties there could be some learning curves there could be some growing pains and the Raiders were okay with that trade off believing that it was all going to work out 
somewhere down the road, hopefully sooner rather than later. I don't think that they're of that mindset right now. I think winning takes precedent over everything. Um, and if it means Damon Arnett has to sit and watch for a little while rather than start and learn, um, you know, uh, even through the struggles, so be it. Uh, I think the Raiders feel like they're where they need to be at so many different positions right now. Offensive line, I think there's a, a great comfort level, obviously with Derek Carr as a quarterback. Uh, the, the young wide receivers at, uh, mixed in with the veteran group that they were able to bring in uh, some veteran players in free agency. Hunter Renfro is now going into his third year. The superior weapon that Darren uh, Waller is. Uh, Josh Jacobs, a Pro Bowl uh, caliber running back. Kenyon Drake, um, you know, uh, running back 1B who could do a bunch of different things. Henry Ruggs potentially taking a step forward. I know I've seen a lot on on uh, out on social media about Brian Edwards kind of being a sneaky low key keep your eye on that guy guy um, so I think that the Raiders feel like they're a playoff team offensively like right now uh, they feel like they've uh, addressed the defensive line in a way that's going to make that unit much better uh, they feel there's a comfort level with Corey Littleton a year um, you know under his belt here in Las Vegas with the new defensive staff that presumably is going to put him in uh, in better position to succeed and bounce back from a struggle year last year. Nick Wachowski, who's playing more than solid football. Nicholas Morrow, who came into his own last year. They feel like, and I know this from talking to people, uh, they really feel good about that front seven. When I say that front seven, I mean the, 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 you know, the, the four down linemen and what they're going to get out of that group, and including the backups, uh, along with the three linebackers. So they feel like They've done what they can to get that defense to a place where, especially that front seven, where they can play well enough to support a playoff offense to put themselves in position to be a postseason caliber team. So as a result, I think there's less focus on, hey, okay, uh, you know, Damon Arnett or somebody that's really raw, we'll, we'll put them in there, um, we'll, we'll deal with the consequences of the learning curve, uh, the development curve, um, because we feel like in the long run it's all going to work out. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll make that trade-off right now. That's a trade-off that the Raiders would have made last year did make last year i don't think they're going to make that trade-off again this year i think it's who gives them the best chance to win games right now as many games right now if that's casey hayward over there on the perimeter um rather than damon arnett so be it in the slot if it's nate hobbs the rookie from illinois uh or or damon arnett or, or rasul douglas who i wouldn't rule out as a potential uh, slot cornerback nevin lawson uh, who gus bradley talked about last week whoever that best player is it, it's not gonna necessarily go to a young player just because hey you know invested a uh a, a, a ex draft pick uh, in this player. We need to get him on the field and, and, and get him on that development track. No, it's going to be the best player, period. Because I think the Raiders are in win-now mode. And I know, Vinny, come on, everybody's in win-now mode, right? Yes and no. Obviously, the goal is to win games. But there's certain teams at certain points of their existence where... It's more maybe about future dividends, investing now in players, player development for on the hope of a future dividend. And, you know, what do we call it? 
trust the process. You know, we've, we've seen that happen before. The Phoenix Suns are a great example. Um, I think, you know, they, they, they flooded it with young players, young draft picks. It was a struggle for many, many years, um, even recently. Um, but they kind of got to a point where it was, okay, now is the time to go get a Chris Paul and win now. And not, it's, it's not just about, you know, getting the center uh, uh, developed. It's not just about going and, you know, letting Devin Booker learn and grow uh, and all the other young players that they have. Uh, for the Suns, it was those guys are now ready to take that next step, feel good about those young players. Let's go get some veterans and win right now. And um, that's where they are now. That's where the Phoenix Suns are right now. That's why they're in the Western Conference Finals. It's why they did so well in um, you know the regular season. They were one of the best teams in the NBA in the regular season. They they shrewdly read that coming into the season. That's why they made the moves that they made to go get a Chris Paul contract, big contract. Didn't matter to them. Hey, Chris Paul's the perfect player for our team right now. We've got young, we're young, but we're talented. These guys are ready on the, they need a leader, you know, uh, but we're going, we're, we're rolling it. We're winning right now. That wasn't the Phoenix Suns two years ago, was it? No, they would have never brought in a Chris Paul two years ago. Why pay that money for somebody that's not, that's, who will still be Chris Paul in every way possible, but the players around him aren't ready yet for that, and it's just going to be a waste, to be perfectly frank. A year later, two years later, it wasn't a waste to bring in a Chris Paul, even at the expense that it cost to go get him. They had to trade players, they had to take on a salary, uh, but they felt like he was a missing piece. With the Raiders, to me, they're kind of getting into that sort of realm. And, you know, you bring in a KG veteran like a Casey Hayward, Rasul Douglas, who's been a pretty quality player uh, throughout his, uh, you know, uh, career in the NFL. Obviously, Yannick Ngagwe, um, Quentin Jefferson, right? Darius Phylon. They bring in these veteran kind of have, you know, been there, done that players that are going to come in to me, it's a sign that they're ready to win right now, even if it means having to put, you know, a Damon Arnett or maybe another young player uh, off to the side for a little while. If he can, if he can swim, great. If he's sinking, get him out of there. No time for that right now. No time for the whole development thing right now. You either can do it or you can't. That doesn't say that. That's not to say either that Damon Arnett isn't going to be able to do that. Chances are, maybe. You know, whatever is going on uh, or whatever went on during OTAs and, and, and minicamp where he was kind of uh, persona non grata, he was nowhere to be found. He was out there, but he was never being talked about. It didn't look like he was being, you know, used in a way that 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 was was foretelling a big starting role for him. And, and maybe a light went on. Maybe he's like, hey, whatever I'm doing. It's not enough. I got to do more and I got to figure out. I got between now and training camp to get that figured out. Maybe he responds and comes back in training camp and says, you know what, Casey Hayward, I respect you, but you're playing behind me. I don't care how good you are. I don't care um, what kind of a leader you are. This is my job. I'm not going to lose it. And we'll have to figure something else out for you. If that were to happen, if, if, if Damon Arnett came in and was crazy good in training camp and decisively won that job, all the better. I mean, that's great for the Raiders. Uh, and it still could happen. But if it doesn't happen this year, maybe it's next year. I think the point is the Raiders want to win right now. And um, and a guy like Casey Hayward is a guy that can help them get there. But 
you know, I think everything that the Raiders have done this year, including some of the signals that they're sending um, in training camp, has is it's basically saying we feel like we can win right now. And so we're rolling with the best players available. And again, I know that's almost sounds like a cliche, but it isn't always. There's times in, you know, uh, there's times in your existence where the best player might be on the bench, an older player that might be on the bench right now, right this second. But it's, it's more beneficial for you as an organization to put the young kid out there who might be struggling because he needs that development time and you aren't really ready to win anything big anyway. So you'll go through the growing pains for a future dividend. That's totally understandable. It's happened plenty of times. We're not naive. We understand that. To some extent, the Raiders have done that these last couple of years. I think they're out of that mode for the most part. And it's really going to be whoever the best player is, that's who's going to be out there, even if it interrupts or puts on pause the development that a younger player is on. Uh, to me, that's a sign of progress. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Around the time of the Super Bowl, Brady wants the Raiders, but like they're probably not going to make a big run at him. And then everybody was reporting Raiders, and I'm like, maybe I'm crazy. He wanted the Raiders, you think? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying more than the Bucs, but I'm just for saying sure. like, yeah. that was a team that he definitely identified was like, okay, like... I like this. I could win here. One of the teams, they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking, you're sticking with that mother. (laughs) Oh, boy. The great debate. Who was Tom Brady talking about when he made that statement about who a certain team was sticking with? Boy, I'll tell you what. There's been some shoddy reporting on, on, on this one. First of all, here's my theory. Any team, or if you're Tom Brady, it's really any team. <laughs> and that's just how Tom Brady, ro- Brady rolls. Um, I don't know if it was anybody specific. I can't sit here and say. I'm not in Tom Brady's head, nor, neither is anybody else. Uh, so I can't sit here and say it was a specific team. The way Tom Brady rolls, uh, and this is just my perception, he would have said that about any quarterback that any team... <laughs> chose to stick with over signing him as a free agent Uh, but there was a report uh, I think that's why our uh, great producer Devon Cotton played that soundbite there was a report and I use that uh, air quotes uh, prominently in uh, pro football talk over the weekend about how it might be Derek Carr and uh, the tweet was something along the lines of you know multiple people in the NFL matrix have strongly suggested or that he could have meant Derek Carr and and, you know I I, I put it out there as well responding like this you know in a a time where journalism is getting uh, questioned left and right fake news all that nonsense uh, for those of us who do it right to see somebody do it completely wrong like that and irresponsibly like that you can't you can't as a reputable publication run with some people in the NFL have strongly suggested that that he might have meant it's either 
they say that he meant that or not. You can't say that they, you know. So, so I got into it with uh, Mike Florio and Pro Football Focus or Pro Football Talk. I don't take anything back. Uh, I think that a lot of people agree with me. Um, it's really irresponsible to start throwing specific players out there. I, I, and I know, listen, I know. Oh, it's all fun. It's just fun and games, and it's just entertainment. Well, th- for those of us like myself, I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, I get held to a high standard, uh, as does Vic Tafer from the Athletic, and um, you know Tashan Reed from the Athletic, and Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Not only do we hold ourselves uh, to really um, you know high standards, so do our editors. If I were to have submitted a story uh, like that to one of my editors, they would have laughed at me, thrown it back in my face, and really questioned my professionalism. Like, like they would have said something along the lines of, they teach you this in junior high. Yes, it, Vinny, As far as journalism goes. Go ahead, Devon. You're getting bogged down in the weeds. We still have a mystery to uncover. I, there is no mystery. The MF, it. Who's he, the MFer? That Brady was referring to. Yeah. That's the mystery of I don't think it matters. I think that that's how... Oh, it matters. We got to know who Brady was talking about. Come on. That's... That's how that's how Tom Brady is is wired. Anybody, it's anybody else besides yes, him. Yes, of course, but we know that like he's not talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's not talking you know, about I mean, anybody. He's not talking about Patrick Mahomes. We know he's not talking about the best of I, the best. I don't think he's talking about anything anybody in uh, specifically. I think he's talking. Um, you know, he no. Everybody talks about how Brady's like a grade A trash talker. I don't believe that he's just saying it nonchalantly. You know he's still good. Like, yes, I, I, think got, I think he still got caught up in the moment. Shoulder. What is that? What was, what, was it the, the barbershop show? Is the that where shop, he was yes. LeBron's? Surprised that yeah. LeBron wasn't on. I would have man, that, that episode would have been taken from like a nine point five to a ten. You get yeah, LeBron. I think oh, man, I think LeBron that that's going? how those guys are wired, and I think it was the setting that he was in where everyone was having a little fun. I, I I don't I don't really believe that he was talking about anybody in particular. I think he was talking about the entire notion that any team in the NFL short of obviously the Green Bay Packers or the Kansas City Chiefs anybody else who wouldn't want you know Russell Wilson in Seattle uh, Lamar Jackson in in Baltimore but after you get past about four guys five guys you can he could he could rightfully say that really about 25 other teams 26 other teams and I and I think that that was more of it than anything I think what he was saying was any team that did that had the opportunity to sign me and I was interested in them any team that didn't take me up on that offer for that guy whoever that guy might be and we can run through the list and everything like that but the funny thing is Derek Carr had a had a fantastic year last year so it doesn't make any sense to me that that's who he would be talking but about specifically but theoretically he could be he could be the guy because we just said we just said I think it's every team quarterbacks so I think theoretically, it's, I think it's hold on, hold on. I think it's every team, any team that passed on him. That's in his head, and rightfully so. That's how he's gotten to where he's gotten. In his head, he's like any of you guys that didn't, you know, that that didn't sign me. Um, that's on you. Like for 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 anyone that anyone outside of that top six five. Let's let's name the top best: Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson. Let's throw Tom Brady out there. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Um, who else are we talking about here? Let's just say for this Brady list of who he thinks that, like, okay, their team is set at quarterback, that might just be the three. 
Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson, where he's like, I, why would I go there? They're not interested in me. Like he, right. even he can say, yeah. That Matthew Stafford with the Detroit Lions. Um, oh come on, no, he he would definitely say that about Stafford too. I mean, Matthew Stafford's season. pretty darn. Matthew Stafford's pretty darn good, and I think people recognize. I think his, that. I think his ego's that big. Where it's just, Stafford, you're going to choose Stafford over me? Like he's getting an MF too. There's only like the three quarterbacks that I yeah, so that the, don't so, get an MF. Right, and that goes <laughs> to my point. Like I think he was. I think it was in. He could have said that about about anybody. I I, I don't believe. I think it was just like a, 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 a moment of where he was feeling it. He was probably very comfortable. I don't know. They usually have a couple of drinks on that show, right? Is that uh, kind of what happens? I've seen I've seen wine being being uh, consumed on the on I'm that show. So maybe the TB twelve method doesn't allow just for a casual drink like that. No, he's not drinking. He was sober, and maybe he wanted to bring uh, a little I, funny. Have you, did you see him at the? Uh, did you see him at the? Um, That's the only time he's breaking the TB twelve method. Mm, I don't know about that. Parade was a. One I think. Time I think there was some. You know. I. I there was. Whatever. There. It, it's. It was like. It's. The setting itself was conducive to. What happens at a barbershop? And I've been uh, to my share of barbershops of all, you know, uh, of all denominations, let's put it that way. And I know how it gets. And guys just start talking. We all do. You know, when it's just the dudes and we're talking and who's the best fighter, who's the best this, who's the best ball player. That's what that whole concept is. And I think he kind of got caught up in the moment. I don't think that there was anybody in particular because he's, 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 you know, I heard that it might have been, well, I'm not going to say who I thought it might have been because um, I don't do that. Uh, but there's any. Oh, to, so we're not going to say, but we, no, no. You, you don't even want to throw out a guess. I mean, I some don't people speculate Jimmy that. G. I, no, because, because that's all it is, is a guess. And I don't, I don't, I'm not into, I'm not into that, you know, and I, I, I also think, you know, it's better left the way I have it because otherwise you're just you're you're like why does Derek Carr deserve something like that I don't get it you know why does anybody deserve something like that speculation like that unless Tom Brady said yeah I was talking about this guy or I was talking about that guy um I don't wouldn't you, know, you want it to be hey wouldn't it be like a like a badge like you know if you're like if you're the guy Tom Brady was talking about if you could like go into I don't next consider season, that a badge oh, Brady thinks, he, Brady, thinks he, Brady think he can take he can take my job my job yeah, I don't and think. You come out uh, and you set the world on fire. No, I don't think. I don't think uh, it's it's being looked at as a as a badge. And I know that. I just going back all together. You know, as as for you know, it's it's, it's not the it's not you know in the weeds. There was a lot of people that were backing me up uh, yesterday on on Twitter about how this is becoming a little bit too commonplace uh, for certain publications out there. And it's frustrating for somebody like me, Vic, Paul, because guess what? We're getting calls. Is this any truth to this? Can you, you know, so now all of a sudden I got to start making calls and chasing my tail around, even though I know it's complete BS, uh, you know, so, and that happens a lot. It does. It happens more, you know, than you think it is just because somebody doesn't have the professionalism and the responsibility to do their due diligence. You just don't, you don't, you don't. That's 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 that was a flimsy, flimsy source. Some people in the NFL, multiple people in the NFL matrix. They, they were plugged into. They were also plugged in. Multiple people were plugged in. <laughs> I mean, I talk to people that are plugged in all the time that don't try to get into somebody that all, you know, even if they weren't okay. There's plenty of there's plenty of uh, situations where you know you hit up a source. What do you think they might mean? And all I could do is guess. But if I were to guess, you know, I can't run with that. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's it's somebody in the NFL. It could be anybody. 
who's saying, if it were me, I think he's talking about so-and-so. What does that mean? Who cares what you think? This is what leads our entertainment today, Vinny. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> you wake again. Up in, you wake up I, in the morning. This is what's leading the sports shows. We can, Come on, Vinny. I want the ratings. We yeah, gotta, we gotta I, 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 I don't roll that way, debate. and I never... I don't roll that way, and I never will. And I, I, hopefully, people respect that uh, about me. It's not just about about the ratings. I try to give a fair look at the team that Raider Nation roots for. Um, I try to uh, uh, be balanced and professional. Um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll kind of you know, there's there's stuff that that you know as a reporter talking to people. Um, you know, like on background, I'll try to shed as much light as I possibly can, um, and and make it as accurate as I can. Um, but I I can't speculate like that. That's just it's 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 unbecoming and it's like and it's not like some blogger somewhere in the middle of nowhere it's pro football talk and they've they've established themselves as somewhat of a voice of the uh, you know of the NFL so there's there's a reputation there and i think that they should hold themselves to higher standards that's you know that, that that's what i'm saying because you know, I just, anyway, that's just me. That's just me. And uh, I don't really find any, I think he's talking about everybody except for the guys that we were talking about. <laughs> you know, I think Tom Brady, I am sure in my heart, believes he's better than any quarterback of any of the teams that were being speculated about, including the Raiders. I don't think he would say that about Derek Carr specifically. Uh, I just don't, um, you know. Oh, uh, all the trash talk, all the mic'd up talks. I not think like that. I think no, that he's, not taking, like that. he's talking trash on anybody. Not not, not like that. Not like, yeah, to, to a defense. He's, he's, not, he's, or, not going, he's not going personal. He's just like, I'm better than that. That was personal. Oh, oh, I mean, yes, and you can take somebody's job, and you should have their job over no, there. No, not that. I, I don't care that about personal. that. You know, what, <laughs> what he called them and everything like that. And, and, and let's face Derek Carr's been a, been a, been a, a you know, above-average quarterback in the NFL for a long time. So it's not like – and I don't think that Tom Brady – who had a better year last year, by the way? Like, let me see. Uh, 2020 quarterbacks. You got a chance to uh, call that up, 2020 quarterback stats? Oh, well, if we're, we, could, we could just go – we could just end it all right here. With, he won the Super Bowl. You could say Rodgers won the MVP, but you could just, if you want to just go like with the you know scoreboard, you know when the you know Let's it's like see. oh so don't talk trash during the game, just point at the scoreboard. <laughs> Who has a better season than the Super Bowl winning quarterback? Well, he he didn't he throw like three interceptions in the championship. He got saved in the championship game. He had a good he had a good um, he had a good defense last year. I, I felt like that was more the uh, so you know he had a, he had a good year. Where was he? Seven point six. Uh, he had a, he had a good year last year. It wasn't a, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. Uh, I don't believe uh, last year, but um, you know. So and all all due respect to Tom Brady, but I don't think he was. I I I I, I don't think it was Derek Carr. In fact, I know. All right. Well, here's on, a better question. Do that? you think that he's full of it by saying that uh, whoever he may be talking about? Do you think maybe like oh he's a little full of it by saying I'm better than that MF? No, I mean. Have you have you watched that show before? Oh, I love the show. Yeah, so See, you Bad know Bunny? that that's uh, part. Was good. It's part and parcel of that show. It's it's guys hanging out at the barbershop talking. That's what we do. Bad Bunny said WrestleMania was bigger than the Super Bowl. So what's that? Bad Bunny said that WrestleMania was bigger than. the I Super have Bowl. no idea who Bad Bunny is. Uh, and Vinny, that's why you don't watch the. <laughs> Who's Bad Bunny? Well, if whoever that is <laughs> is saying that uh, the performing w, at what, WrestleMania, he said performing at WrestleMania was bigger than when he performed at the Super Bowl. Oh well, that's two different of- things. That's his, because he probably <laughs> likes. Uh, he's not saying that that's a bigger event. He's saying in his for his career that was a that was a bigger stage than the Super Jay-Z Bowl. Jay Z said per- bigger than the Super Bowl. He was like, yes. <laughs> Did he perform at the Super Bowl? Yes, he was a part of uh, the J Lo Shakira. 
um, uh, oh, he was yeah. part of. Okay. Yes, yes. But he was there. Was he the headliner at the wrestling thing? Uh, no, he had a match. You know. Wait, wait. Who? Wait. Who, who are we Bad, talking about? Who Bad Bunny. Guy? He's a musical just, artist. Just, just be serious. I, I don't know no, who that no, is. Bad Tell Bunny me. is a musical artist. He's like probably the biggest Latin pop star in the world. So you know, a lot of people speak Spanish. So he's probably let's just say the biggest pop star in okay, the world. Okay, but what, you said that he had a match. He also wrestled. Is yes, he wrestled at WrestleMania. Oh well, well, of course for him. That's that's a huge <laughs> thing right there. That's a huge thing, but that's we all know that that's not as big as the Super Bowl. Uh, we 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 know that. Um, uh, I'll have to go look to see who who that is. But how did he get a gig as a wrestler in that? What is he? A- he showed up. He put the work in, you know, and he trained like he said it on the shop, you know, giving the really giving the shop a plug here. He moved to Orlando for like three months and like trained, cool. you know, and yeah, and he really he really dedicated himself for like three months, like being a wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I I totally you know uh, in the spirit of the show and and uh, what that concept is all about and is hey be honest be frank and all that. Um, I, I completely get it from Tom Brady's standpoint. It's everyone trying to you know get in his head in a definitive way and and you know short of him telling somebody uh, who he was talking about, I think that's you know especially like it's fun to talk about of course i don't i'm not denying that but when somebody says somebody writes what pro football talk wrote yesterday or whenever it was um i just thought that was unprofessional uh, to do it in that manner um it made it sound like that's who he was talking about because somebody said that they think he was talking about uh Derek Carr. that's that's that doesn't that's that doesn't do it for me, but uh, it was fun uh, to get after it on Twitter. I think a lot of people uh, agreed with me, and I, I guess Pro Football Talk has been known to be doing a lot of that lately. Uh, I don't know why. There's there's more. There's there's just as much entertainment in in reality than trying to make stuff up or do stuff or just for clicks. Uh, I find you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. We're going to go right out to the Raider Nation listener line. Richard is uh, calling and wants to talk about win loss totals and the defensive line. How are you doing, Richard? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm a big, big fan of yours. A lot of respect to you, uh, Lincoln. And, uh, and Vinny, I read you all the time, even though I'm in the great state of Vermont. I subscribe to your newspaper. So, again, thanks for taking my call. I'm, you got uh, it. I'm a, I'm a little bit long in the tooth, which is to say I've been a Raider fan since uh, the Heidi game in 1968 when I was 13 years old. Oh, and, wow. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go back a ways. And when I say Raider fan, I mean Raider fanatic. I, I love the silver and black and Raider Nation. I always have. I always will. So uh, get that out of the way. Um, first of all, one loss record, if I can just say this. I'm, uh, I'm very, very optimistic. Uh, to me, it all hinges on the defense. And uh, because I feel like our offense is not going to be uh, unstoppable. That's too strong of a word. But... 
I think our offense, as, as you may agree with me, is going to be streamlined like a very, very fine running machine. So it's all about the defense and can we stop people? Um, so very quickly, guys, last year, um, hate to bring it up. I know you know this already, but last year, three games, the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Three games we absolutely should have won, if not for our defense, absolutely collapsing in the final two minutes of all three of those games. Uh, that, those three games right there swing the pendulum, and we're in the playoffs last year. Now with our new defensive coordinator, the new pieces he has to play with, and the offense, as I mentioned, which in my opinion is very, very good. I'm looking at a, uh, it's a 17-game season, correct? 17-game season, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at 12-5, and five, fellas, and if that's too Pollyanna-ish, I'll settle for 11-6, and six, but nothing less than that. I feel really, really strongly uh, about the fact that I think the Raiders are going to not dominate, that's too strong, but they are going to um, get a lot of the breaks that they didn't get last year. You know, they're going to get a lot of the bounces go their way that they didn't get last year, and their defense, for gosh sakes, is going to step up and make the stops that they have to make based on the acquisitions we got in the draft, based on the defensive coordinator that we have, and based on the people we, we signed through free agency. Um, and then finally, Vinny, integrity in journalism. I mean, why is that important? That's like saying, why is telling the truth important? I, I love reading your column. I'm a big fan of yours on Twitter. Um, I stay, tend to stay invisible a lot on social media, but I'm there and I'm watching what you write, and I have a lot of respect for you. And um, I would, you know, my advice, not that you need my advice, is just to ignore those that would, you know, claw and, uh, and try to tear away at the fabric of, you know, bona fide journalism, because you're a bona fide journalist, and, uh, and everyone who, who, who reads or understands journalism knows that. And because of the prevalence of opinions on social media, there's always going to be haters. Just got to let them go. I'm going to listen to you guys. I'm going to listen to you guys off the off off the telephone. I, I really want to emphasize, Lincoln, that I'm a huge fan of yours. I watch the way you break stuff down. You're a smart guy. You're a great raider, and I wish you a very long and successful career. Vinny, keep writing. Love both of you. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And Lincoln is not here with us today. He'll be back uh, here pretty soon, uh, but I will definitely long pass along uh, uh, that uh, that support and that, that love. And yeah, you know, sometimes I get caught up. Um, it just, it, it irritates me. It probably shouldn't to the extent that it does, you know, but I've been doing this, I've been doing this a long time. And, and especially recently, uh, there's been such an assault on um good journalism uh, with all the whole fake news and all that kind of stuff. And people sort of, you know, run with that. Uh, but then some people in this industry don't do the rest of us any favors because they don't hold themselves uh, to, to, to a higher standard. And we should all do that. You know, um, something like what got out yesterday with pro football talk should have never, that, 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 that shouldn't have seen the light of day until you have a credible source that says, I spoke to Tom Brady or um, whatever the case might be, and this is who he was talking about. That's, that's okay. But somebody speculating, um, that's, that's not, especially for something along those lines. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't feel good uh, about that. But uh, I'm with you, Rob. Uh, I think that, you know, I think this, it, it all rests on the defense. Uh, I think the offense is going to be fine. Um, will, there, will there be a little bit of a learning curve with the offensive line? Uh, yes. But when you think about how that offensive line last year 
due to injuries to Richie Incognito, uh, injuries to Trent Brown. Um, you know, there was uh, uh, other issues uh, with injuries throughout the course of the year. When you think about uh, how they only got four snaps from their starters last year, and when you think about how, you know, I think they were, what, 21st in in run defense, 17th in – or run uh, – uh, uh, Blocking 17th and pass blocking, I believe it was, is how it all played out. Um, I, I think that they can get either back to that point or even better uh, with this with this younger group. Uh, and as long as everybody stays healthy, I think the offense is going to be fine. I think it all rests on the defense and it's still yet to be determined. We don't know if these changes are going to have the positive effect that the Raiders hope that they do. Uh, but there's reason to believe that it almost has to. You know, number one, it can't get any worse. Um, and I know that there's been people talking about, well, you know, so-and-so won games with the defense that was ranked such-and-such. You know, the Raiders' defense gave up 30 points a game last year. You can't win at a high level when your defense is scoring 30 points a game. The only reason they won eight games with a defense that bad was because their offense scored 27 points a game. Their offense was top 10 in the NFL. I fully expect the offense to be top 10 again this year. They didn't win more games because their defense didn't do the job, period, exclamation point. And if the defense does do the job this year, um, you're going to be talking about a different Raiders team. There's no way, no way that that defense is going to be as bad as it was last year. I, 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 there's no way. I would be shocked. The question is, how much better can it be? Doesn't need to be the 1985 Chicago Bears. Doesn't need to be the number one uh, offense in the NFL. It just needs to be middle of the pack 19 20 points a game 21 points a game if they can get to there if they could force more turnovers if they could get more sacks if they could get out the field more on third downs give the offense more opportunities to touch the ball if they could do all those things which personnel wise coaching wise philosophy wise it's it could it could happen it's not out of the realm whatsoever you're not asking guys that have never done things before to, to, to suddenly start doing things. You're merely asking guys who have done things, certain things, to do them again this year and repeat them. And that, that's not asking too much. And if players play to their level of past history, uh, and in certain cases, you know, you, you would expect like a Trayvon Mullen to get a little bit better. Um, you would expect... Um, Corey Littleton to return to form or closer to form. Uh, you would expect Kwiatkowski and, and, and uh, Nicholas Morrow to kind of play to the levels that they played last year. If that happens, totally different uh, um, Raiders team this year. Totally different. And one that I believe is going to be knocking on the playoff door. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. By the way, just want to let you know, um, if you are looking to go buy some Embajador tequila, you can get it at Liquor World here in Las Vegas. XO Liquor, uh, Liquor Outlet. 
Total Wine Liquor Store, Five Store Liquor, Bonanza Liquor on the Strip, uh, Library Gentlemen's Club, um, and also uh, don't forget Michael T's every Friday night, uh, Happy Hour uh, uh, specials, and then also Aloha Fridays from 9 p.m. Uh, to 3 a.m. Uh, with the live music, uh, karaoke going on, great food, great drinks. Uh, it's a great night. Uh, and then also Casa Amigos. Uh, don't forget that uh, that they serve a Baja Tequila. So all Michael T's, Casa Amigos, great food, great atmosphere, great drinks, great music, uh, the whole nine yards. So check it out uh, when you can. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Baja